this is Greg Duncan, and I'm flying solo today. Yep, we've been trying to have this episode. This is like our third or fourth time scheduling it. So I said, no, the news is piling up. We have to share it. Our listeners um, are bugging us, saying when we're going to come back. No, not really. But I know you're thinking it. I know you're thinking it. And as I look back at the past year, we're recording this April 17th. We've only had three other shows this year, March 1st, February 7th, and January 22nd. What are we doing, like one a month now? Uh, That's just not right. That's just not going to make it. So we'll try to keep these, get back onto our uh, twice a week cadence, if not sooner, because I swear I'm accumulating these news items as we go. And they just keep piling up and piling up. So today's show, I'm going to go really fast and uh, talk high level about a whole bunch of uh, links and news. Uh, As always, go back to our uh, ReadyTFS.com and see the show notes there and you'll get the links. Uh, Unfortunately, even with all the news items I'm going to share with you, there's just an official boatload of news that we couldn't cover. And I kind of, I hate that. I've been thinking about maybe even switching to a, a weekly one, you know, one news (laughs) <laughs> one uh, guest, but obviously we can't even do, you know, two a month, let alone four a month. But uh, you know what? We're still going to give it a try. Now, I promised last show that I was going to try to get some people from the MVP Summit. Yeah, that didn't work out so well either. Uh, I ended up working most of it, which was kind of a shame. But I got to saw people a couple days. And while I can't share anything about the summit specifically with you, because the whole thing is NDA. They've got like NDA, NDA uh, non-disclosure agreement, uh, everywhere. You just can't really talk about it. But this one was actually, for me, one of the more exciting summits I've been to because it helped crystallize the message that Microsoft has been sharing with us and the DevOps team has been sharing with us since the rebranding, since the um, September of last year. And the important thing, it wasn't just a rename. You got to get that out of your head, all right? It was a truly relaunching of the Azure DevOps product. And each of these new areas, boards, pipelines, test plans, artifacts, uh, repos, they're actually their own, they've got their own teams now. They've got people truly dedicated to those areas. So uh, it's much, much harder to steal resources from one area and move it on to another. So all the teams and all the areas, they were really excited and they were sharing some stuff with us, which hopefully we'll see, hear a lot more about it build, but it's just really exciting to see the direction that they're going in the the rethinking of some things they've been they've been tweaking some things for forever now they're kind of you know what this is stupid we're just not going to do it this way and we're going to do it another way uh the mvp summit for uh the devops or alm was usual in that there are some (laughs) extreme characters who are uh who go to the summit. These guys have been MVPs for forever. Uh, They're names that we talk about all the time here. Um, And the back and forth between them to the Microsoft people was hard. Uh, We had hard conversations, Uh, honest, appropriate, respectful. I forgot what the D was. You know, I've written that down. Uh, You know what? I hate when I have it. Let's see. I wrote it down here. Oh, Honest, appropriate, respectful, but direct. And our MVPs, or my fellow MVPs, were very direct. And they shared <laughs> their feelings. Like a couple times, was, I don't believe you, was was said. You know, uh, The presenter was saying, we're going to try this, this, and this, and this. And the, the, the MVPs would say, I don't believe you. You know, don't stop talking about it and start doing it and start showing it to us. So, yeah, it was pretty uh, – 
pretty fun. And I think you guys will all be appreciative of what's coming out, both just recently as well as what will be coming out in the following years. Stay tuned to Build. I'm sure there's going to be a lot of DevOps announcements. So that'll be interesting. And I, I'll be at Build. I'll hopefully be doing some uh, podcast recordings there. Richard Campbell, you know the Richard Campbell? Yeah, he actually has listened to a couple episodes of Radio TFS. Uh, he reached out to me and we're working together to uh, get some podcast recordings set up with some people, probably Microsoft FTEs, uh, full-time employees, because that makes sense. I, I, when he first reached out, I says, you know, you know, Richard, I would kind of like to, first I was in awe that he listened to the podcast, but uh, I, I said, you know, I would like to get some, even not even MVPs. I want to get some common guy, some common guy or girl or uh, man or woman and, and see what they say. You know, get the people who are attending build as attendees versus presenters. And then he kind of looked, you know, he replied back, you know, Greg, uh, you're being kind of stupid. I'm paraphrasing, but he says, you know, this is really an announcement show. This is a, let's get the FTEs. Cause we're going to get a lot of high level FTEs here at build presenting. Let's bring them in. Like, okay, Richard. Yeah, you're right. Well, I'm an idiot. I admit it. So we're going to try to get some good uh, FTEs on. People maybe been on before, people new. But uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to that. It's going to be fun. Did this a couple of years ago, a couple of builds ago. And it was neat. They had these cool podcast studios all set up. Yeah, I'm all very excited. Can you tell? I've had my coffee for the day. All right, let's get into the news. Um, first of all, we've had a couple sprints. So we've had Sprint 149 and 150. The interesting thing that came out on 150, and you've probably all already seen it now, is that on the organizational main page, there's a little blurb that talks about, hey, look, we've just rolled out a new sprint, and here's the links to it. Basically making it a lot easier, a lot more discoverable for my users to find out what's new in these sprints. Previously, what I would do is I have a DevOps Teams channel here at work. Everybody who's got a license to Azure DevOps is a member of it, and I would send them out the summary that I'm going to have links in the show notes for, and uh, they would all kind of ignore it and whatever. Now, I don't even have to do that. So I don't, I feel less ignored now, something. But uh, uh, now it's right there or on the organizational thing. The other thing too, I didn't get it until like today. The dark theme is generally available. I was never a dark theme guy. I, I, I don't know why, but uh, today they're using the uh, dev channel of the new edge. I actually switched to the dark theme and, and I can kind of see it. Yeah, I know I'm old. Shut up. Shut up. I hate you all. No, actually, I love you all because I wouldn't be doing this if I did. A lot of stuff in all these sprints. What's going to be interesting is this is going to grow and is going to be even more in the coming sprint. So take a link in the show notes for Sprint 149 and 150. One of the new things um, that was also announced recently, April 5th, so yeah, recent, was uh, the analytics for Azure DevOps services is now available. Now, it's going to be important that you call it Azure, Azure DevOps services, serve, not service, see? because Azure DevOps is not a single service. It is a suite of services, Azure boards, Azure repos. Again, that same message that I was mis saying earlier on it, you have to think of them as separate yet all available and tightly integrated if you want the whole suite, all of the services. But the analytics for Azure DevOps services is not generally available. Uh, you can get the widgets, you can get uh, all the reports, all the OData, all the BI. Uh, if you're using Azure DevOps Server 2019, which we'll talk about in a second, uh, the analytics there will remain in preview as an installable extension, but uh, don't worry about it. It's, they're not going to be um, charging for it, and it is 
the Azure DevOps Analytics is the future of reporting. If you are somebody who has to do these kind of reports, you need the analytics. And the nice thing about it is if you've ever done the reports in the past, and I have done SSRS reports in previous lives against the data warehouse and stuff, now with the analytic views, you can use Power BI or their OData endpoint and just build the reports that way. You don't have to worry about that whole data warehouse and all that ugly stuff. If you're a reporting person, take a look at these uh, services that are now available in the links in the show notes. So the other things I want to make sure we talk about, we've talked about it in the past shows on it. The Azure DevOps team is doing a really good job of doing security um, releases for existing editions. So there was a March security release for TFS 2018 3.2, 2018.1.2, 2017.3.1. Then in April, there's also another security release. And this one was for the Azure DevOps Server 2019, 2018 3.2, 2018 1.2, 2017 3.1, and TFS 4.2. So if you're still running TFS 2015 on it, this you need to come and take a look at these and uh, see if you can apply these patches because there's a number of patches that were released in areas that they cover. So, so you guys can get tired of hearing that. I'm tired of hearing that. Allison Tai recently blogged about the Azure Boards paper. Azure Boards Project Paper Cuts. And what this is, is a um, project inspired by GitHub's Project Paper Cuts, where they're taking a critical look at the rough edges of Azure Boards. They recognize that throughout the years, our products' workflows have accumulated smaller issues and utility nitpicks, which they failed to become part of the broader product initiative. So that's where a paper cut comes in. Basically, a paper cut is a small to medium-sized experience problem that our users hit day to day. It's an iteration on the existing UI in UX and something that's a relatively quick fix. So the goal is finding and fixing these paper cuts to improve our experience by focusing on small details to draw a high level of impact. Basically, it's the little things that just bug the crud out of you, they're going to go and fix. For example, state ordering. <laughs> when you open a work item, a user story, a product backlog item, whatever, and the state, and you drop down the state from new, active, resolve, whatever, the order was alphabetical. Uh, actually, it wasn't alphabetical. So now they're doing it alphabetical to make it a little bit easier to find the thing that you are looking for, as opposed to where they were in the state. Now you can go back and forth. I kind of like them being in the order that they are. But um, wait a minute, see. Looking at the image now on the link, states are now displayed in process order. God, I'm an idiot. <laughs> you know, if I wasn't, maybe that's the title of the show. I am an idiot. But uh, no, it's in the process order instead of alphabetical. Got that? So new, active, resolve, closed, removed, as opposed to alphabetical. It was. So, so those little kind of things that they're working on the, the paper cuts. That makes sense? Okay, good. We were talking about the companion problem. On-prem version, Azure DevOps Server 2019. This is a little bit old, March 5th, but uh, Azure DevOps Server 2019 is officially released and it's available. Go to the links here in the show notes and you get more information. But more importantly about this, the key thing is the man, the myth, the legend in his own mind, Ben Day, has done an outstanding DevOps Server 2019 install guide. You know how he does all of these guides and we talk about it every time a on-prem instance come up? Well, here he's doing the same thing. And he's using all modern stuff in this guide, Windows Server 2019, SQL Server 2017, uh, installing the DevOps Server 2019, configuring the SMTP server, uh, 
install the build build and release agent on Windows Server, so you're an on-prem version of the build agent, which is what I run. He's got the guide for you, and he's got links to all the other ones too. So if and there's nothing wrong with that, but if you're still if you're looking to install TFS 2018, 2017, 2015, 2013, 2012, 2010, all his guides are available here as well. The other theme for this show. It's going to be pipelines and Git. First, let's talk about Git. Did you know that April 7th was the 17th? Uh, 17th, you know, I'm going to sink my brain in my mouth. <laughs> it was the 14th, not 7th, 14th anniversary of Git. Opensource.com from Jen Huger has a post, and they talk about that. 14 years. I, I, I find that hard to believe, though we've been talking on the show here for forever, but it's been around for, it's not the new shiny anymore. I think that's the message that I really want to get across. We've talked about it before. You know, if you want to stay relevant, you have to be familiar with Git. I'm not saying that you have to move your TFEC over to Git and all that good kind of stuff, but as a professional developer, even a hobbyist developer, enthusiast developer, open source developer, you got to get Git. And in this post, he talks about some of the things, uh, comments uh, about what people love and or hate about it. Okay, now... I, I said that you didn't have to move over. Well, Chris Ayers has a cool post about if you're going to go, if you're thinking about going to TFBC to get, here are the things to consider. And it really is a, a, a mental shift. So he's got a nice post here about tooling, branching strategies, restructuring, binary files, history, um, things to consider. It's not a long post, but it's something that uh, you can you know, start your brain churning on this you know one of the big things is binary files gets not happy you know with binary file that's a great opportunity to go to artifact you know, using nuget packages that's what we've done here at my uh, day job now kevin logan also opines on why he loves git over tfvc and he just goes into a few things of why he likes it this is again if you are a tfvc house and you're looking for that reason to kind of start nudging your peers and or the developers over to Git. This is something, uh, this is a post you'll want to look from, you know, it's just a, uh, and he's he's coming at kind of the opposite way. He he's knows Git's and now he's working in a current DFVC. So it's kind of reminded back to, you know, he was in the Git world, now he's back in the TFVC world. And now he kind of remembers, oh yeah, this is, this is the kind of stuff that that's a little bit icky. And then he goes into venting. But, you know, there's some things that he doesn't <laughs> mind about TFEC. A few things I like like or live about TFEC, it's way better than SourceSafe was. <laughs> I, I, I'm not sure that's a... <laughs> that's true. It's very true. It is definitely much better than source safe. Absolutely. Uh, okay. Check out his post and still on the Git. I told you the show is going to be like getting pipelines. Thomas Huber has a, no, yes. Thomas Huber has a nice post about using Git in Visual Studio has never been easier than in Visual Studio 2019. Y'all know Visual Studio 2019 is out, right? It's all RTM. I've got it, you know, installed everywhere. Uh, First, he talks about his new Pluralsight course. So even though it just came out, he's got a new Pluralsight course using Git for source control in Visual Studio 2019. And he talks about a little bit as to why, what's new for Git in 2019. Some of those are, one of the things that I saw is stashing. It's like a 
right there on the screen. If you are like me and you're like a clicky clicky, then you can stash it much easier now in Visual Studio 2019. And he talks about a couple other things as well. <sighs> Finally, this is the last Git story. I sure hope so. I bet you, you guys do too. Huh? Um, you guys, I'm trying to not do that, but we've got a cool D zone ref card getting started with Git. Now, this is not Azure DevOps anything. It's just what is Git? Talks about the details, you know, that it explains what distributed version control is. It um, talks about cloning existing projects, tree-ish and hashes, the typical local workflow, the remote workflow, GUIs, comparing it to CVS and subversion, and then the advanced commands. Free, easy to get, downloaded. It's, you know, in a PDF, quick and dirty. Again, something to easily share with your team to get them going with Git. Now, one of the things, oh, the story I wanted to do is gone. It's not on the web. <laughs> Darn it. It was looked, looked like a really cool post on how and why to use feature flags. But the post is not there. And that's one of the things that I've been trying to get my peers to uh, get on board with and help us solve some of our problems, not just because they're cool. I, I don't I'm almost I've been encouraging them that I think it could solve some of our problems by utilizing feature flags. And hopefully we'll see we'll see more use of it in the future. But, okay, Richard Harris. Oh, that was the post. Richard Harris was the one that wrote the post. And your post is gone, Richard. Sorry. Last show. I believe we talked about the new basic process in Azure DevOps. Well, Abel Wang and Dan Hellum, Dan, we've had on the show. I don't know if we've had Abel. You know, I can look, store all of the guests I've ever had. Yes, we have. Oh, Abel, I'm sorry, man. We had you on show 121, August 5th, 2016. Wow, we got to change that. Yeah, that, that. That's just not going to We'll have to get you back on, Abel. But uh, they do a Channel 9 post uh, video using the basic process in Azure DevOps. And um, just they, they walk through the details of what this basic process is. If you've never used it before, uh, you know, why to use it, tips and tricks on it. It's not a long video. It's um, eight minutes and 17 seconds. So it's not that long. But if you're interested in this basic process, if you think the Agile, Scrum, and CMMI are just kind of too heavy, you just want something really, really easy and simple, the basic process might be for you, and this video will explain it to you. One of the widgets that are available, this is an ALM Ranger thing. Got to talk, I got to give the love to the Rangers. They have this countdown widget. And uh, it's the simple thing is, is Harry, Henry Bin, Beyond, we've had him on the show too. Henry. Sorry, I've butchered your name as usual. The countdown widget, which can be used to <laughs> provide a countdown on your dashboard page, uh, uh, is being republished under a new publish. So uh, uh, again, what's this widget for? Uh, can be edited to all the events that you want to highlight on your dashboard. So if you've got your dashboard up and you want to, it's not just a sprint or anything else, it's just major milestones that you want to kind of have a countdown and visual indicator that, hey, you know, we've got five days, four days, three days, two days. That's what this widget is. Very simple, very easy, but it can be kind of important. And you can even tweak it for time zones. They're republishing it under from the DevOps. It was a Microsoft Dev Labs, and now it's moving over to the ALM DevOps Ranger. And he gives instructions on how to do it. Basically, you install the old install the new one. And that way you'll, you'll get the updates. The old one won't break, but it's not going to get any more updates. This story, this post, is one I've seen on Stack Overflow 
a bunch and it's it's kind of hinky to do it and i'm not going to go into the details of it it's it's a great post here but uh chiminda posted about it God, this is a great post the post is setting a release variable to make it available in other stages in an azure devops release pipeline so you know in a powershell task you can do the commands to set the variable name and set the value i use this all the time okay uh, but what happens is if you have different stages in your release pipeline, you know, uh, dev, QA, production, how do you get that over to those stages? He shows you how, and it's using uh, the REST API. And this is a really cool hacked week fix. He's basically like reaching into the release definition, changing and updating the variables. So when you're, you set the variable in dev, you can use it then in that next stage in release or in other places. So that's, that's a cool hack, man. <sighs> Now, I said this was going to be a pipeline show. I think we'll get started on the pipeline. Well, we kind of did it with Chimindas, huh? But John Papa, who you know I've been following for uh, 20 or 30 billion years, has this great post, 11 awesome resources for building your application using continuous integration and Azure DevOps pipeline. So it gives you a number of different things. If you want to encourage, again, your team members as to why... Why should we use these things? It's hard. I don't want to do it. He's got a nice little post here. And talks about it's not long, quick and dirty, provides links to other things. Check out his post. Now, fellow co-host Mickey Gousset and um, Robert Green did an Azure Pipelines Visual Studio Toolbox video on Channel 9. And they just, he they go through a tour of what Azure Pipeline is. It's uh, how straightforward it is to automate your builds and deployments using pipelines. And it's a great way to get started on your Azure DevOps practices. Another resource that if you're trying to sell your, your peers on why Azure DevOps Pipeline or why Azure Pipelines, not Azure DevOps Pipeline, Azure Pipeline. This is a short video to share with them. Eric has this cool post that if you want to learn and get started with Azure DevOps pipelines. He's got a workshop that you can go through. And it's a, he created this back in 2017, just recently updated it. And it's a whole workshop set up with sources and console stuff and just a nice introduction that you can get on GitHub as to how to do it, how to get started. Okay, let's set up with the sources, go get the sources, do this, you know, how to clone a repo. Lots of pictures, lots of images, lots of clickety stuff makes it painfully simple for you to get started with Azure DevOps from start to finish, setting up and connecting to your free Azure DevOps account all the way through to, we'll see what's, what, what happens in the end, all the way through to deployment and then back. Hard to get cooler than, oh, he's got some tips here that I think I need to <laughs> This is great. Okay, now, this is the message that I think I'm gonna have to undo. All right, remember I've been saying about YAML pipelines? Basically, you can, it's your build as code, your release as code, uh, how on Azure pipelines, instead of the classical designer, you can now code your way into your builds and releases. And I've been in the past saying, ah, yeah, that's cool, but I like the clickety. You know what? I was that way until like yesterday or the day before. And I've got this monstrous release, this monstrous build that I was trying to update. 
And uh, I'm like clicking, click, 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 click. It would have been so much easier if I just typed the darn thing in. That's, I think, what sold me on the YAML pipeline. The other thing, too, is this is getting all the love. This will improve dramatically over the coming months. It will actually make it much easier. The pipelines are... Uh, release. You'll be able to do both build and release pipelines. You can keep them separate. Don't 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 get all. Oh my God, my release is going to be built. No, you can still keep them separate. But imagine your releases, and you have I don't know twenty seven different production environments that you release to, and now you want to like reorder them and put a stage in front of them, and doing that the clickety click way. <laughs> it, it, yeah, my my index finger is still in pain from all those clickety clicks. Whereas with a YAML. It's copy and paste. It's a text file. The downside of YAML, I've always found, was that you know I really like the guidance that a task gives you. That is being fixed, and it may be on your account right now. They're going to put those helpers and allow you to fill in the different tasks easier, almost almost like we did in the classical design. So Mateo did this cool post about: Do you want to move to YAML pipelines? Is that you know you're interested? I look at it. Yes. Here's how he would do it. Now. No question, it's daunting, but he has some really great tips. And one of them was uh, get to know the YAML schema reference, which which hurts my head. But then he also talks about showing the assistant. And that's what that guide that I was telling you about, this the YAML assistant, and each task will have it, and it'll have, it'll have all the fields and all that good stuff on it. Start taking a look at YAML, ladies. And having your build and release under version control is also really kind of nifty. Am I done with YAML? I think I am. So something else, something. Neil Peterson, Microsoft, posted on something that I've mentioned before and we've talked about before, but this one is, he does a great way of explaining it. You can have your tasks. How do you use Azure Pipeline task and job condition? So basically how you can add these conditions to a job, uh, to a task, and you know take action on them. I use this, what I do is I've got a PowerShell script that uh, I gather some information on it, then I use that condition to fail further jobs. Or I have also used it in a release where we have one release that goes to multiple, uh, it has multiple artifacts. So you have a database release. And this has different, three different databases that it's releasing, but we don't want to do every three every time. So I created runtime settable variables, one for each one of those database artifacts, and I allow the developer, when they're doing the release, they can choose. I want this one, I want that one, I want that one, or I only want the last one, I only want the first one. That is also done with these job conditions. It's a great deal of stuff you can do with this. Uh, check out his post for a little bit more information on that. One of the other things that I found interesting was Matt Cooper did a post on publishing GitHub pages from Azure Pipelines. And again, it's yeah, you can the one message from the MVP summit is you can do anything, literally anything. We had an MVP summit, MVP summit day, the day before uh, the actual start of the summit. And there was a presenter and he showed us how he was doing mainframe builds and release from Azure pipeline. Now that is crazy. Now if you can do that, and I've talked about before the Commodore 64 release, you can do anything in your environment. Um, this one, he just talks about uh, updating the GitHub pages from that Azure DevOps pipeline. Now, we've been talking about this YAML and all this good kind of stuff is happening in the modern build 
What if, and I know you are still out there because I see the questions on Stack Overflow, you still got XAML builds. Now what do you do? How, how do you connect that, that build controller to Azure DevOps? You made the current transition because you want the, the, the all the great stuff, but you don't want your XAML builds to fail. Max from Object Shark has the post just that you need. Connect XAML build controller to Azure DevOps. It's a short post. It's not hard, but it gives you the, the information that you'll need to make it work and to be happy about. You can do anything. Well, ET has this great post on how you use the Azure DevOps REST API with PowerShell. It's a short video. And he talks about it. So you can basically, from your build, talk back to Azure DevOps and kind of almost do anything. And he provides this as a detailed walkthrough and demo of how to use those REST APIs from within your PowerShell. <laughs> I love my PowerShell task. I use the inline PowerShell task, and I use it to, in um, SSRS, deployments. I'll use that REST API to create folders as an SSRS PowerShell module. So we install that. Then I use that to create our SSRS folders. Um, just, just simple things. Yeah, you can do it. Great. Okay. So let's say you are more of a curl. Jessica Dean has a post that says how to use Azure DevOps open REST API with curl. So if you don't want to do PowerShell, like, ah, PowerShell sucks, or I'm on Linux and I don't want to a PowerShell core. I just like to curl. Eight report. She's got a great post that talks just about that. What you need to do, how, how you set up your um, curl commands, and everything you need to know to get started with using the Azure DevOps REST API. Talking a lot about the, the well, uh, Francois Xavier Cat has a post using the MVP PowerShell module video. So I don't know if you know. Uh, Guys that aren't MVPs don't really care. But there is an MVP PowerShell module that you can use to integrate with the MVP site. The MVP website, uh, we have to record our community activities. You know, we have to re-earn that MVP status every year. And so it can be kind of unnerving. And, and depending on how anal retentive you are, you can kind of leave that stuff towards the end of the eligibility period, which was March 31st. Yeah, stuff to the end, and it's like, oh, I got to do a whole bunch. Well, the website really isn't conducive to adding a whole bunch easily. Using this entry, you can just basically set the text. I did this, this, and this, pow, next, 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 next. Set them all up, make it go, uh, live happily ever after as an MVP. Shows cool. But I said PowerShell is cool. It should be. And that's going <laughs> to... All interested since this is a radio TFS Azure DevOps uh, podcast, but um, PowerShell 7 is coming and that's going to unify both the Windows and Linux versions of PowerShell. PowerShell Core versus PowerShell and PowerShell 7 will end up eventually, once.NET Core 3 is done, be distributed in the box with a future version of Windows 10. It's not going to be in 1903, but maybe in 19H2 version of Windows 10, PowerShell 7 will be included. And that's so from Linux back just so are we done. I think we're done. I think we're done for now. Almost done because because we got to do Edward Thompson's I'd love to get him back on. It's been a while had him on the top stories. You know, if you are don't like listening to me, don't like going to the radio TFS uh, site. You know, that's fine, man. Uh, just get your news any way that works for you. The weekly Friday posts are still coming out every Friday. Well, usually every Friday. Billy stuff doesn't happen. He'll post a short series of DevOps-related posts that uh, you can focus in on. And I have stolen from him a number of times, so that's why I'm giving him the shout-out back. Like, uh, let me see. Is in the latest one from 412? There's a Azure 
DevOps Server 2019 install guy from Den, Ben Day. Hey, uh, and do you want to move to demo pipelines? How I would do it. Yes. So great resource. And even if you're already thinking that you're covering everything, you got to subscribe to his blog. It's usually almost always something new for me. And I follow like a bazillion people. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I think I've run out of it. <laughs> Send me an email. Tell me about what you, what, how you think uh, the show went. I'm over the board, under the board, talking out of my yeah, that part. I would appreciate to hear what you think. Radio TFS at Outlook.com. You can also reach us on Twitter at Radio TFS. Or on Facebook slash Radio TFS. It's the voicemail thing. Remember, we'll play it on the air. I'll slice it in and, and we'll get it on the air and it'll be cool. One, four, two, five, two, three, three. 8379. Don't worry about writing that down. Just come to the site. It's right there. Or look in the, your podcast description. We have the phone number. Ladies and gentlemen, I think that's a show. I appreciate you all listening, putting up with me. <laughs> and we'll talk to you soon. Thanks again for listening to Richard.